0: All right, welcome to Wilbur Tiger Sunday Edition. As uh, tonight we'll be doing the Tiger Miley podcast shortly after this with intern Dave. But with the Tigers sweeping for the first time this season, it's worth doing a mention. And uh, we actually had a couple of our listeners who were just like, "Hey, where's youp?" <laughs> so, uh, and I, I'm glad to hear that because I'm glad when we get feedback like that. And uh, we got some really good questions last week that were DM'd to us and. So I just want to thank everybody for that. And all long time is Chris Brown to my left and you on the bottom here. If you're watching us on YouTube live, I think we should share the link at some point, Chris, I think. If you get yeah, a chance. Know. Yeah, we
1: um,
0: but yeah. So, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I said just one second.
0: Okay. No, No problem. So as it stands right now, we are going to, if we can try to do two shows a week, if possible, if not, I just think it's a good idea with some of the series coming up, especially with they open up for a three city road trip starting tomorrow in Tampa. Alex Fideo will be pitching the opener tomorrow. And after that, they go to Cleveland and then they wrap up the road series against Minnesota. So there's plenty of baseball going on. They don't, next day off is Thursday and then they'll open up in Cleveland. So, but big win today in terms of like, just, moral victories or what have you, but there was some some devastating news as two more Tigers hit the IL Austin Meadows. Who's had some issues with science effect or excuse me, a ear infection left the game with some vertigo. And then Victor Reyes on a really good, well, piece of piece of hitting to right field on a double. And I remember Chris, or maybe you, you per two. I can't remember. Remember we saw him in Toledo, just a couple, like last week, he came up kind of looking a little, not like he was running full speed. And we're just like, he mm-hmm. was holding quad. Hmm. Well, it's now, his, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's not his left quad, which was the reason why he hit the IL in the first place. It's now his right quad. Yeah. Oh. It's his so, other quad. I
1: think yeah. that makes an eight, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> it could be overcompensating. Maybe he was overcompensating for the other. So who knows? But yeah. Uh, hmm. No, it was a it was a it was a good series win against. Either as me. I know Baltimore is not the the team that's going to set the world on fire, but the fact that the injuries are now really depth wise, are really digging deeper in this team. But you, I'll get your thoughts about that because I don't know what you thought about the weekend and what what stood out to you.
2: Oh, you know, obviously the Orioles uh, always have the potential to be a good elixir for whatever ails you, and uh, they came through for the Tigers this weekend. But, you know, that doesn't mean the Tigers didn't earn the wins. You know, I thought they played uh, pretty nice baseball. Uh, The old adage, you know, for me is if you have more extra base hits, you're going to win. And they had more extra base hits than the Orioles in all three games. Uh, And some of that was a little bit of a a sign of life from the Tigers offense. And some of that is from continued good pitching um, by the pitching staff. So, uh, you know, it's just the start they're they you know three days ago they were still a nine and twenty three team uh so we got to remember that now they're a twelve and twenty three team uh which isn't nothing anything to mail home about either so it's it was good there was things to like uh but now they step into Tampa uh that's a whole different kettle of fish, so we'll see how that goes.
0: What about you, Chris? yeah, I mean you- the
2: way
1: the season has gone so far, I, I, you can't turn down your nose in any kind of wins, uh, let alone a, a sweep of a team. Like, this is. This was a team they're supposed to beat, uh, and they haven't been doing that this year to anybody. You know, they lost series to Colorado. They lost to Oakland. Uh, so, went out there and, and getting the job done and doing, you know, playing pretty good baseball. It was very nice to see. And it it does – you said, Roger, right, so there were like 20,000 people down there. Like, just, you know, playing – Solid, competitive baseball, I think was, will be enough for most fans in this town. That's what everybody was kind of expecting this year. They were hoping for maybe, you know, get off to a hot start and get to the playoffs. But people just want to see them play quality baseball that's fun to watch. And, uh, I don't know, a, a nice day, warm out. People are going to start showing up if they keep doing stuff like they did uh, this weekend.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the We thought is- they were. What, what, what we thought they were. We played – Well, that was basically what Baltimore is. They thought, yeah. they, thought we were, they thought they were. And so, no, it was a, some good crowds, even on Star Wars night, as they had the Mandalorian, they had a whole troop of Mandalorian people as a group in Michigan, and I talked to the guy who runs it, and it was it sounds pretty cool. I'm like, man. Was I, like, he like, a, this, is, this is the way? This is the way, yeah. The, oh, the, nice. whole, the whole thing is, let me ask you guys a question. I'm, and, and for the audience who's listening on the podcast, if if there's one thing you could do, if you could have the ability to nerd out in one way, shape, or form outside of baseball stats or taking a baseball glove to the park to catch a foul ball, even though you maybe perhaps will have no chance, <laughs> if there's one thing you can do to nerd out now as you get older, what would it be? Because it seems like nerd, like being a nerd is cool, and and that I like that because outside of baseball, of course, I some people know I like Star Trek and Star Wars and. Transformers and a lot of other interesting things. I like big music that guy, but if there's one per, one thing you can geek out on and be get away with it as an adult, what would it be? Baseball related? It has Is it a baseball, baseball related? Like, for example, like there's people who dress up in costume, like cosplay. They do cosplay, so or like there's 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 a White Sox fan. I remember they go to all the games in the old 1919 wool uniform. He, this guy was hardcore. So it could be baseball related. It could be something like if you would you walk around being the hump and going, "You're out," and to some random lady at the the corner when she's trying to get across the street, you're like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "What are you doing?" You're like, "Ball one." I I love it.
1: You know, let's see. For for me, like I I don't know if I ever got into anything that would be like traditionally nerdy. I certainly had my moments, you know, uh, when I was growing up. But, uh, I don't know there was a, a period of time there in the the late nineties and early two thousands where I was just like kind of obsessed about the Simpsons, you know, the first 10 years of the Simpsons or whatever, I knew like every episode, every I could quote it all the time. I still can quote it with certain friends. Uh, so I don't know if there was like a Simpsons comic con thing. I might go to that, but yeah, it's, it's also something that I haven't really paid much attention to. It's, I think they're in season 32 now and I don't think I've watched it about 17 years, but, uh. Yeah, that's about as nerdy as I can think of. I mean, I play a lot of video games because it's my job, but I I don't know if I would do anything kind of crazy. I would never dress up like a video game character.
2: (laughs) I would love to tour Texas and sample Texas barbecue and rank them for a summer. That doesn't sound nerdy at all.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like the most delicious vacation of all time.
2: Yes. My my baseball one, though, and I, I, I said this before, I think, in a podcast a couple years ago here, was um, I would love to spend a summer on Cape Cod mm. with a beachfront, little one of those little tiny houses that they have on the beach, and going to the Cape Cod Baseball League all summer long uh, for all those free games. I think that would be insanely fun.
0: That. I, you know what, in terms of baseball, I have, there's two of them. One, because I'm always fascinated with the histories of leagues. And one of the things I would like to do is go to the uh, PSL of the Pacific Coast League and check out some of the old stadiums and some of the old haunts, because there's a lot of good history. I mean, I mean the PSL has been around almost close to a hundred years now. So I wouldn't mind seeing that and kind of spending time out there in the West coast between Washington and, and California, all those great Oregon just, it, I like the. I've always seen. I've been been out there to Portland once, and I've been out to California a couple times. But just to spend that summer, just doing that between that and New Mexico, and then the other part of it would be the other baseball thing. I really would probably geek out on. I one hundred percent is spending time in Japan, going through one like spending a year in Japan watching baseball and doing that too. Because I've I've always wanted to go to Japan, but I just want to slim down there because probably go huge American. Oh.
2: I would like to see you learn all the chants and the little songs and and wave the flags around that they do. And yeah, the, that'd, uh, be thing, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> that'd be awesome. And they have the, what was it? They have that
0: that, that horn that goes off. Every, Zala. I love the, I love that. I love <laughs> if it's For soccer culture, that's fine. But I, I love it.
1: I like. yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of, I'd like to go to the college world series one day. I'd like to go to the, like Dominican for some uh, Dominican winter league baseball there's a lot of baseball. I'd love to go to, like, the Netherlands for some honkball or <laughs> Finland for some Pesapalo. Like, you know, there's lots of cool stick games. I might even attend a cricket game and then kind of leave, you know, halfway through, which I think would be 14 hours in.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm not bad idea. I mean, even, like I said, even the idea of going to Cuba and watching a baseball game would be... That'd be probably- amazing. Oh, that would be awesome. But speaking of awesome, by the way, Tarek Skubel today just... Again, I, there's something something to be said about when you rack up five strikeouts in two innings in a very efficient manner. And he pitched, well, he pitched six innings, threw over 100 pitches, threw at, just 100 pitches, 69 of them were strikes. Nice. And he had two walks and three hits. And there was one of those things where Baltimore kind of, there was a, there was a play in the game today that was very, very interesting. Uh, Jorge Mateo hits like a – squibbler down the first baseline, and it looks like it's going fair and it was foul. And he runs right in, by accident, he runs into Special Trockelson. He bounces off Special Trockelson and collapses. <laughs> and it takes him a minute to get up, and he looks like he's out of breath, and then he ends up, when he goes to swing and especially he falls. he falls over at the strike. I and mean, then he had to leave the game for, um he had to leave the game due to rib bruising. I, mean, torque- <laughs> tank. I know he doesn't like, I know the family doesn't like being called as torque tank, but yeah. that was a strange yeah. moment today.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that was uh, he did. Uh, yeah, he was he was a linebacker, I believe, uh, a linebacker and running back in high school.
0: Oh, really? I didn't, I did not know that.
1: Um, but yeah, and of course, I made the uh, the unfortunate joke about the, be, being the best contact he's made in in like a month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it sucks. I don't want to be mean about it, but yeah, Torkelson, apart from the two kind of generous scoring decisions, or at least one generous scoring decision, he'd be like. He'd be like two for fifty right now, I think. Yeah, uh, so it's it's a tough stretch here. But you no, know, back to school ball. I, I was just looking. I looked at the updated stats on Fangraphs, uh, and he is tied for the second most WAR by any pitcher this year, right now. One point six WAR so far, tied with Carlos Rodan, behind a, only Kevin Gossman so far this season.
2: Impressive. Most I mean, impressive. That's really great. Yeah, I mean, 21, uh, 21 swing and misses today.
0: Yeah, yeah which is team high. I think that, that is team high. I believe for the season too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if anybody had, had touched twenty. I think Fido might have had the most with seventeen. But like, yeah, you're looking at he's got a strikeout rate over ten per nine, walk rate under two per nine. Which I didn't know that. I, I don't know. Scuple was never like crazy wild, but I never pictured him dialing it in to this point where it seemed like he would often work like two, three ball counts. Uh, and he's just yeah you know, attacking hitters, and he's got the full arsenal now of really quality pitches it's it's really fun to watch like uh yeah he's becoming what what we hoped one of these guys would become
2: does his slider look tighter to you guys this
1: year yes i, I think he might be throwing a cutter now because he'll throw something that looks it'll be like 92 and it definitely has cut um mm-hmm. so I, I don't know if that's been uh the via savant or whatever but yeah there's definitely it's definitely a tighter pitch Is and we Rod, you looked into, or we talked about it earlier in the season, he was, he still didn't throw his curveball that often, but his curveball's harder. I think the changeup has more movement. Like he, he, he's one of those dudes who just uh, loves the pitch science stuff and, and he's really gone all into it. And you saw some of the swings today where I think he would throw, he, the changeup ended up like 10 inches out of the zone, but the hitter swung uh, swing at it, swung at it. Uh, because the way that he was working his pitches together and it looked like the fastball to them. And it was like, yeah, man, this is, uh, this is good stuff. I don't, you know, again, the, the caveat that it's Baltimore, but still.
2: Just last year, all those home runs, so many of them just looked like they were floating in saying, hit me. And yeah. there are just so few of those pitches this year compared to, you know, to what we saw last year. It's, it's really something to see. Yeah, and, and one of the
0: things I noticed today was even after, you can tell, sort of it, towards the end when he's kind of getting the, the walks came towards the end of the game. So you could tell when the fatigue sets in, but AJ Hitch said today that he wants to go out there and pitch as much as possible. He wants to be going seven, eight innings deep and that right there, that was a good, especially with the Tigers. Somebody may, mentioned a comment earlier about why Jacob Barnes went in after him. And I, I simply said, look, they still have to think about, three games, they have to think about Tampa, then they have to go to Cleveland, then they go to Minnesota. Their only day off coming up is Thursday. and That's it. And so you're looking at a bullpen that you saw Peralta, you saw Peralta throw yesterday. You saw, what was it? Yeah, there was a, almost, you. A, I think it was four or five pitchers they used yesterday. They had to piece together a, a, bull, a bullpen session yep. Yep. because of injury. So I'm glad, and even having Ronnie Garcia go two innings was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Garcia even, he had a pretty good week outside of the city home run, but still any the next person up. It's the same kind of – some of the stuff you see in 2021 and starting to model into 2022, the next man up in the bullpen. Derek Hill getting aggressive today. He stole third base after he was subbed in for yeah, – yeah. yeah, thank you, uh, for Victor Reyes. So there was some aggressiveness there, and and as far as – what's interesting with this pitching staff, and I wanted to show you guys this or describe the stat to you – so, from April 1st to April 25th, among the starters, and we talked about this last week, or I believe the week before, Tigers' K per nine was 6.55. So, you, you look at the starters that were going on then, that included the likes of you, had ten, you, know, you had Casey Mize and all that. So, I looked at the rotation just from May 1st till now, just the starting rotation. And, I mean, keep in mind that one constant here is, is going to be even but Michael Padilla Padilla's starts didn't come till later in the month, but yeah. so I was looking at this and I'm looking with it, including Brisky. So, it, so let's just I just went for the must uh, just for the month of May among starters, and I noticed that their K per nine was up slightly to seven, went up a little bit, but the in terms of other numbers, it went down, the walks went down a little bit, the ERA as a whole it's 3.34 of course to fit being 4.05 but they've had some really bad defense but there might be something to this like we've we, we talked about this Thursday Chris about somebody asked about Casey Mize I want to get your take on this here you for a second this staff all that's concerned with the injuries and every and all the sort they're pitching better
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I mean I we we talked about it a little bit I think and, and it's like uh is both a very pleasant surprise and also kind of disheartening that that bo brisky is essentially the same pitcher as casey Mize uh has been you know he's he goes out there and he guts out five six innings uh you know gets around some traffic doesn't swing and get a tons of swings and misses but gets guys out uh that's basically what casey Mize was doing and and brisky has been a reasonable facsimile there and i don't know alex fido is, it was about Matt, Matt Manning in his first start and was much better than anything we've seen from Matt Manning in his second start. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Pineda has been pitching well, so that's that's going to hurt a little bit, but I don't feel too bad about Fido or Manning stepping in for Pineda there. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of remarkable. But again, you know, like we talked about it last year, everybody wanted to give Federer and Nieves all this credit and they seem to be doing it again. So uh, I don't know. It, it's been enjoyable to watch the pitching. It just... Uh, it kind of, we weren't able to appreciate it as much when the offense was doing nothing.
2: <laughs> it, it's been about as good as you're going to get for it. You know, again, they're a 12 and 23 team, but they're pitching, you know, like a probably a 18 and 15 team <laughs> or better, you know. it's a, <laughs> uh, It's been impressive that their depth uh, hasn't been exposed yet. That the depth is, you know, those guys have come in and they've competed. Uh, and yeah, give it credit to the coaching staff. No question. They deserve it. Um, and you go back to the bullpen too. I mean, just, I really like what they did. They, they brought Barnes back this weekend, even though he had a pretty bad outing, uh, Friday, uh, they brought Soto back the night after his bad outing as well. I think that's important. I think you gotta, you know, shake those things off and keep running those guys out there because, uh, with the staff they have in place, they're going to need everybody. Uh, the way things are going with people dropping like flies. Yeah. And, and the, the biggest,
0: the biggest thing too, especially with the starting the bullpen really is that everybody's been able, we saw the emergence of Will Vest this weekend, who's been pitching betters throughout the year. And the most important part of it, they are getting the swings and misses that is essential to a team to be surviving because if the starting staff is not getting the swings and misses, not getting the K's, at least your bullpen should be doing that. And Wolves I thought, he just he looked like a man possessed. He came in a situation Friday night, yes, yeah, Friday night, where bases are loaded, and he had heard a situation with Soto, who hit two hit two players in the foot, and was having a hard time locating. And he went out there and promptly struck swing a miss, swing smith. I think it was Duraeus and the other hitter he struck out with, but it was his stuff's been good all week. And that's the kind of thing that is good to see that and, and you know Hinch of course doesn't talk about the roles or anything. could be anybody and who knows. I mean we the Tigers definitely need a right hander to step up after Michael Fulmer who didn't have a good week. Ah, Surprise, i yeah. surprised no one sent
1: <laughs> oh, well, So, so I, I was busy trying, like, I've been trying to. This is uh, yeah, a radio for two or whatever. I was trying to send out a link for the podcast because we don't, I don't see any viewers, but the link I see is it's from it, like, goes to like three days ago for some reason. It's 47 seconds long.
0: Oh, really? Uh, oh, oh I don't know man, I, I know what happened now. It, oh crap. All right. Well, it, I,
1: mean, I don't know if it matters. Um, and we like to have people watching us we like what they watch but um no like will <laughs> Best, uh yeah like i don't want to get too overboard uh i did write an article about how he's like becoming very very good and something that you you touched on a few weeks ago or even a month or, or two ago um, but yeah so far he's pitching like another alex lang basically he's actually pitching a little bit better than alex lang right now just because he's not walking guys but to come into a situation like that with the bases loaded and a really high leverage situation and just shut it down with no uh, real concerns with, was a huge moment, I think. And it, it, I think it gives inch another guy that he can trust in a ninth inning situation if he has to use them, which is kind of what we saw a little bit last year. You know, he would use Fulmer in the ninth. He'd use Cisnero in the ninth. I don't know if he ever, he may have even used Funkhauser in the ninth once or twice. And, uh, it's, just, it's, it's nice to have, you know, after years and years and years and years and years of, of struggling bullpens, uh, to have some some options out there. Again, it makes everything, uh, I don't know, it, it doesn't feel as dire anymore. I know some people are still very kind of iffy about Gregory Soto because he does get wild at times. But, uh, yeah, but it's still a big arm, and when he's on, uh hitters don't have a whole lot of, chance it's just he kind of gets himself into trouble and you just can not hope that he can get past that because he was he'll go through stet- stretches of like complete dominance
2: definitely got to keep running him out there um for now until he p- totally pitches himself out of it but um i just like the fact that you know they have guys who have some power uh that they can miss some bats i mean this is not uh brian garcia anymore mm-hmm. uh it's, it's even probably you know we all liked him but You know, it was time to move on from the Buck Farmer era. You know, and and build a build a new bullpen and and, uh, find some arms that have some electricity to them. I think they have a chance now. We did get a question. Well, we did get a question via
0: Mark on Twitter, and Mark at uh, Tigers two four three five said, "Hey, hey, here's another question for the podcast of time laws discussion. Of course, Mark, we'll always make time for your questions." And Ninja Deadly Beast has one too, but I thought this question was relevant to what we were just talking about. Who has a higher ceiling, Risky or Fayeo? And it's three or four. Is a third starter or fourth starter, excuse me? Is number three or number four starter a good classification for either?
2: It's a good question. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if I'm going to, if you're going to make me choose, I'm going to go with Fai'o. Uh, just because I think uh, that slider could be a plus pitch. Um, and I don't know, does Brisky have the plus pitch to that level? I'm not positive. So uh, I like them both. I think they're both probably, at the end of the day, for number fours. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Uh, and if they one of them pitches like a three for a while, it's all the better.
1: Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. That was basically my thinking. And it, it, it's, it's wild to me how quickly – Alex Fido has altered my perceptions of him. Uh, we said for months and months and years that, like, I think he's a middle reliever. He's got that slider, and and it'll be a good pitch for him in the bullpen. And, um, yeah, he came up. He's throwing a lot of strikes. The slider has looked great for him. It it didn't look – he didn't have it It in his debut, which, uh, you know, when you don't have that, that's going to be an issue. But he had it in his second outing, and it was great. And he got him tons of swing and misses. And he was getting swings and misses with his changeup as well. Uh, and that was like a viable pitch. I and mean, that's to your point. That's the I think that's the big uh, dividing line between uh, Fido and, and Brisky. And we, you know, I want to give Brisky time to develop his breaking balls. And and I think he may find a usable one. I, you could argue that they're usable right now, but he doesn't really have a true swing and miss pitch at the big leagues right now. His changeup shows like a flash is a plus pitch but it's mostly kind of average to above average and his fastball is good but it's not really a bat misser. it's more of a barrel misser like you know he gets pop-ups and yeah and, and things which is fine it, it it's it's better than you know the alternative if we got home runs uh, in bunches but yeah so I think the ceiling is a little bit more limited there it's just it it's it's not as obvious when you don't have that like kind of killer out pitch that Fido seems to have. Now, we you know, we, like we've seen two starts from him at the major league level. Maybe it never shows up again, and he's more like the guy in the first start. But, yeah, I, I would give the edge to Fido right now. And to your point, yeah, I would say they're both probably number four starters, which is, as you said, great. That's just fine. You're going to get a lot of innings and, and quality RA out of those guys.
0: I'm going to be a little bold with my, what I'm going to say here. In terms of Brisky, I think he's a good fourth starter because unless he develops that slider to be more swing and miss, he has good movement on his fastball and change up. So, but again, you're going to need that third pitch. Once teams start figuring things out, especially, I think, it, it, if you look at this game in Houston, imagine if it was the same ball they used last year, because <laughs> there was a lot of long fly balls. I'm sorry, but like, I'm not, I'm not, but there was a lot of long, hard hit foul or fly balls to the left. that were over hundred miles an hour. So imagine the old ball that plays in the, in terms of what the ball, the ball is now. I, I could see easily those going out last year. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying it to be a dick or anything, but it's just, you, you kind of sit there and go, okay, were that. If it was a different ball would it traveled out differently somewhere else for that matter. But uh, no, the other thing I wanted to mention was as far as Alex Fadillo goes, Look, I think he even has, I think three is a good spot, but I think he has potential to be number two starter. I'll I'll tell you why. I think if once he gets all his pitches going, gets him like just as, as he has been doing, because he get, generates good swings and misses, I think he has potential to be a number two starter. I really believe that. He was number one starter down in Florida, and he was kind of the ace, and I think, when you have Matt Man, Casey Mize and, and all that you, you kind of lump them in on Matt as a third starter. This guy was a number one starter in college. He was a Friday, he was a workhorse. Friday, yep. And so I think if he's working his way back from arm, from his arm issues and as we mentioned before the conditioning and everything, he looks slimmer and I, I think if he can really get all three of them going at the same time I really think that's a second start. I'm not going to say ace because I don't have enough of a sample size, but I see enough there that makes him a, like a, number, a good, legitimate number two starter.
2: Well, you, you think back to that College World Series, he also doesn't shrivel in the big moment. At least he didn't mm-hmm. then. You know, I mean, the guy brought his stuff uh, when, the, when, the, when the lights are on. And Chris, yeah, you I, mentioned
0: – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I was just saying, I mean, you could argue that that is the best as, uh, aspect of both Brisky and Fido is that they – don't back down from any hitters they absolutely challenge hitters and you know i'm sure there are a lot of pitchers who do that and and, and it get pummeled and and it doesn't work but they're they're guys that like they understand that hitting is very hard and if you execute to a certain degree you can attack hitters and make even make mistakes and they're not going to make you pay for it every time because you're just challenging them You're, you're basically keeping them on their heels and uh on their toes. I don't know, whatever the, the, the phrase is. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best thing about both of them. And, and yeah, like Fido, he does, they both seem to have the brass balls, as you say.
0: There was something that I noticed about his last start where he kind of, he breezed through pretty quickly. And then he's kind of struggled a little bit, started getting hit. We're noticing that some of his stuff was working. He managed to calm himself down and was able to finish it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it was night and day. I mean, he was mowing people down and I thought he looked really good
1: and and Brisky keeps you know scrambling through the first inning of his outings and then somehow (laughs) settling down and pitching like four or five more innings it's like what happened but uh, yeah they both are they're both showing a lot of moxie
0: yeah (laughs) it's always a good word to use moxie but yeah it's the reason I that's a good question and again Mark thank you for sending that over and I just like I said I think I see enough there that could potentially make him a second starter but if he ends up being a third starter, hey, I'm cool with that too. I just want – it is nice that with all the injuries we have right now, with all the injuries the Tigers are having right now, I said we, and it's, not we, it's the <laughs> many injuries the Tigers have been having. The rotation, the, the starter depth is showing up greatly, and that is where – and that's something that I feel like I've asked for that since I was a kid, like a Christmas gift, like – Please, sir, may I have the Tigers get another starter for the farm yeah. system?
2: Well, I, A little better than Thad Weber right now. Yeah. I, I don't want them – I'd rather
1: they not keep testing this, though, because <laughs> we uh, they're kind of down to, like, one extra starter, it seems, you know. I don't know when Alexander's going to come back, um, but you've got Mize sent back to Lakeland. That's not good news. Bad news. And uh, And we've seen – like the, the next level of depth starters was, was uh, Elvin Rodriguez, who was okay for about two innings, and then uh, Joey Witz, who, who just does not have the command right now to survive in the Bigs. And so, yeah, another injury or two, and they could actually start being in real trouble. But right now, Fido, Brisky, Manning, uh, Scoobal obviously looks great. Eduardo Rodriguez, you can get by with that, I think.
2: I'm interested to see Wentz another time. I hope he does get another shot here relatively soon. You know, it was one start, and mm. I know he didn't look good. I get it, but, you know, again, this is a team that's 12 and 23. They can take chances <laughs> and give their guys a look, you know, so we'll see what happens with him.
0: Yeah, he was uh, – one of the things that seemed like it was the case in Toledo that was in his first round of Detroit, everything was up, up, yes. and just kind of like just sat, and now uh, his pitches had – to me, not a lot of snap to him. So, I mean, that first at-bat against Tony Kemper was 12 pitches. All they were just doing was just, they knew what he was going to throw, and not especially what they knew was going to throw, but they kind of were able to figure them out pretty quickly and had those long at-bats and dragged that out a little bit. So, I I don't, as far as the Tampa series goes, I mean, Tampa, if you look at the standings right now, it's just, by the way, I feel like every week when I look at, some of the news stories or some of the things changing. For example, the Pirates wanted to get yeah, they got no hit. <laughs> Did you see oh, that, Chris? Cool.
1: No, what? Let me. Sorry, I was out on, on the yeah,
2: boat. Yes, sixth sixth six time in history, a team with no hits won the game. They
0: yeah, they beat the Reds one
2: zero. Jonathan
0: Scott Yeah, the Rays, Victorias. So yeah, that that happened today. But looking at the standings now, it is a. I mean, it's a it's a crap show right now. I mean, it, I mean, it is the S word, but it, no, mm-hmm. it is a it is a shit show. I'm not gonna swear too much on here, but look at this. I mean, the White's the the Twins are over 500. They are in first place, and yet here we are looking at the White Sox, thinking to ourselves, okay, the White Sox have this great offense, and but guess what? They're different run differential minus 30. And in terms of offensive run scores, for all the complaining and you know, all we do about the Tigers, what we've been hearing, the White Sox only have, I mean, I'm not saying you know, only they have, but the White Sox only have 17 more runs than the Tigers do. Wow. That's, That's wild. It. That yeah, really for, is. Think about that for a second. This is a team that was supposed to have one of the best offenses in all the American League, and they're only 17 runs better than Detroit. <laughs> Crazier things happen. And you know what's funny? You know – Alright, guess who guess who has more runs scored than the Chicago White Sox? In the in American Cincinnati League. Cincinnati Reds? The, you said the Cincinnati Reds? Yeah. You are correct. It's hundred and forty one. But in terms of the American League. In the American League Oh, okay. Uh, the Orioles, the Royals. Actually, the Royals do. The Royals have one more run scored more. Wow the White Sox. Baltimore actually has 114 runs scored. Hmm. So, the, yeah, the Yankees have a uh, run differential of, of exactly 69.
1: So, are playing quite yeah,
0: yeah, and but going into Tampa, Tampa is 21-14, and, and they're just three games back, but they also, it's the same thing. The run differential is minus one. So, the, the, this is a, a chance to at least win one game or two games in the series. I think it's totally possible. Tigers are – I'm not sure how the Tigers do in Tampa, but it seems like it's always – Dome yeah. Stadium seem like a weird thing with Detroit. I mean, going back to when the Metrodome was around, for, when they played the Twins.
1: They had uh, one of the great comebacks of all time. I don't, It seems like about eight, nine years ago, though, at, uh, down at the Trop, where they, oh, uh, yeah, they, they, they scored like eight runs in the ninth inning to, to come back and yeah. win. But uh, other than that, I don't remember a whole lot, honestly. So
2: Yeah. I remember a big win the other once when Carlos Guina had a cycle.
1: Yeah, I remember yeah, it was in the double was the to end uh you got the double last. It was really more of like a, a hustle, hustle situation where he hit a single between the outfielders.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. That must have been that must have been like two
2: thousand eight. Two thousand seven.
1: That's
2: a while ago. Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know Tampa's go good. I mean Tampa a Rosarena uh is starting to come on a little bit. Franco has established himself as a star. He's going to be a star. There's just no two ways about it. Um Not a lot of easy outs in that lineup, so it'll be a good test for fighting tomorrow, yeah,
0: definitely. And one of the things before we get out of here, I wanted to mention was guess who's going to save the Colorado Rockies development? Just take a while. We do, well, we have one more question too, but uh, who is going to save the Colorado Rockies minor league system? I saw this
1: going around, I I assume you did too, you,
0: yes, yeah, yeah. you know what? Seriously, wait. Son you know of the owner we, is their new scouting director? Is that it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. His son,
0: Sterling, Sterling, Sterling,
2: Sterling Monfort <laughs> sounds like a banker. Yeah. Perhaps from an old school banking family or old school railroad family.
1: <laughs> the <laughs>
2: Vanderbilts. <laughs>
1: Sterling Monfort.
2: Sterling yeah. Monfort.
1: I did see that Alex Avila is going to be doing some uh, commentary with Dan Dickerson on the radio, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, which everybody yeah. was all bummed out about that, but I'm like, I like Alex Avila. That's fine. Wait, I've really? never had any issues with Alex? What's that? People were
0: actually bummed out about that. Well, they think
1: you know, they think it's oh, it's nepotism, but it's oh. like you no, know, Alex Avila is is like he's doing MLB Network stuff, and he was he was really funny on on. And, uh, I watched him. A, I don't know, like a week and a half ago or whatever. He was on there with Greg Amstinger, and he was he was cracking all sorts of jokes and telling funny stories, and yeah, it could. I don't know.
2: He's good. So I, I think, think it would be great. I think they should yeah. definitely yeah. bring him on board.
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, the, they have to get younger in the booth a little bit in terms of like color, peop, color commentary, because look, Kirk Gibson, Jack Morris, Craig Monroe's young, so that's good. But they need more of it. They need more of that Spur. And look, Dan Anderson can work with anybody. I mean, just the guy sure. is guy's a legend. And he makes everybody look good. And so, but I think Alex Avila, compared to speaking to all the grief about Ben Verlander, there's a difference. There's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Alex played in the league.
1: And he was an all-star and he was, he was very good for a while. Like he's a guy who probably would still be playing if not for the shift. Um, Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he had a lot of hard, hard line drives right to uh, where the shift started moving. So.
0: Imagine him right now looking at the rules, going, "You mother!"
1: He he was talking about that. He was he was funny. <laughs> nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the series. But tomorrow I'll be I've completed that commission. But I will be around on so no minor league. So if you're looking for the post game recap tomorrow, there will be no post game recap unless uh, somebody That's else wants to do it. To, yeah, if you want Chris to do it, I'm cool with Chris doing it. But uh, either way, or I can have I can pre record it. <laughs> I can pre-record it, and yeah, Tigers yeah, you won. You should.
2: You can guess the ending.
0: Yeah.
1: You just have like yeah, you know, have a good uh, by the score of four to
0: seven. Yeah, <laughs> and just well every single possible scoring scenario. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what? The it's crazy. James uh, James Winston came in yeah. and caused a. There's like just all these weird scenarios. Yeah, it was very much
1: a Gerald Ford pitched a perfect game right?
0: Chopped
1: Chap Miguel Cabrera is batting to little
0: bits. <laughs> it was delicious. Yeah. Alex alfredo pitched against a tiger, or no, against a actual monster. Just uh, just make up these... Yeah. these what? Well, you, you never after know. After you never know. Like you, either way, the zombie invasion wow. might happen. Yep.
2: So, but uh, at any rate, we're we'll back on third. What's up? Two quick things. Yes. Miguel Cabrera deserves mm-hmm. a little extra special mention. Yes. He's in the bat really well. Mm-hmm. I, I think back to that article I wrote two years ago, and I called it the crumbling foundation of Miguel Cabrera, and I meant every word of it because there was problems, and there still are, and, but one thing I said in there is we we'll, we'll, over the course of his contract, there will still be stretches where some of the old Miguel comes out to play, and Definitely saw it this weekend. It was a lot of fun to see. He's swinging it well. You can tell he's not hurting. You know, he must not be hurting. He's feeling good physically, and that's a blast to watch. There's just no question about it. Hopefully, it goes on for another couple of weeks or more. Yeah. This, is, <laughs>
0: this is this is the best started May since 2016 in terms of numbers, and even yep. now he's got more home runs during the stretch than he did in, in the first 16 days or so in May of that year. So I yeah w what's up. Maybe the DHing helps them, you know, keep them out of the field.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, the field I mean, it, something. I mean, there's even like for name his uh, way to run crust, way to run, uh, WRC. I actually, it, I actually said it right once. Yeah. Way to run crust. Or, right, crust, why have to say crust? crust. WR, <laughs> I'm just going to go back to it. WCRC plus on the year at 114. You can't. I yeah, love, love it. it. What do you gonna say, Chris?
1: Oh no, yeah, I mean that'll play. I think it's been one sixty or so after the last over the last two weeks. It's like it's been Miguel Cabrera, Jamer Candelero, and Willie Castro, which everybody <laughs> was all upset about him playing center field. And and yeah. once again, AJ Hinch knows which of his hitters is actually on one. He can tell which guys have seen the ball well. And so you're gonna find a spot for Willie Castro because they need anybody to hit.
0: Yes. So I think I, I I'm my new favorite. I think I haven't decided how to classify this next category. Twitter managers, there you stop. Go. Okay, you don't know. You don't know, so stop. Okay, it might look weird to you, but you're not out there every day. You say some half-ass BS. Knock it off, because he knows nice. what I mean. Look, and I mean Bat Pip, like you know, like he is the Bat Pip. I did the uh, Bat Pip uh, trophy for Willie Castro yeah. earlier. Yeah, all that. Yeah, you got a lot of bad luck in play. That's fine, but guess what? He also had home run. He also – I mean, he did, he did, he's doing what he's supposed to do before. It's not going
1: to The big thing with Willie Castro right now is he's not striking out. I mean, that's the main – like, if, if he's making contact, he generally does some decent things. It's just if he strike out, then, uh, you yeah, know, he's not going to help you. But
0: mm-hmm. to he mention, rides yeah. it while he can
1: until he hits a gold streak and then you send it back to wherever.
0: Yeah, and not yeah. to mention, here's the thing, too, about Willie Castro – that is somewhat noticeable. The, his bats, you're right, Chris, his bats have been longer. He's looking for things more at the plate. And another thing, too, about his defense, he hasn't committed an error.
1: <laughs> so stop. Yeah, I like,
2: yeah, like that. Yeah. So. My yeah. other thing was Meadows. Hmm. I'm, be, I'm writing something about him tonight. Uh, worried about that whole vertigo thing. I mean, you read stories of, of people who get debilitated long-term by it. Certainly, you know, most, many of us remember Nick Asaski um, when he went to the Atlanta Braves, his big free agent acquisition, was going to turn the team on his ear. Nine games in, he's dizzy, never plays again. You know, and I'm not saying that's going to happen to Meadows. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But, it, you know, it can be something that lasts for some of these guys for a long time. And you don't want to be up there facing a 98-mile-per-hour heater and feel a little, you know, dizzy. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it, it could be a bad thing. And I hope this is something they can clear up. And it's not like a Meniere's disease that kept Alan Shepard out of out of space for a decade, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, you don't want to deal with uh, any sort of brain dizziness type thing. You, you know, I, uh, I remember when Justin – Morneau had a couple of concussions or whatever. Yeah. It seemed like that basically stopped him from being a productive hitter for like three years. He yep. um, eventually came back from it, but yeah, like we don't want to be like alarmist or whatever. It could just be a small thing brought on by a sinus infection or something like that. But yeah, that, I think it, it kind of derailed Nick Senzel's career too. Yep. I remember him right. having some sort of issues with, with vertigo. And, and yeah, if you, if you're feeling dizzy in a baseball game, that's not good.
2: Well, you know, I just, and again, this is all speculation. He had, even when he was hitting for, you know, solid average and getting on base, he wasn't hitting for any power. And he was a different player. He was not striking out a lot compared to other years, walking slightly more. I just wonder, was he feeling different? How long has he been feeling a little not himself and was changing some things? I don't know. Probably we'll never know. Or did it just happen to start last week in Houston?
1: yeah i mean i I compared him to sean casey he's kind of turned to sean casey somehow like this weird left handed hitter who doesn't have any power but hits for average
0: yeah by the way i don't know if you guys remember this but in 2004 when alan trammell was managing the club he had vertigo really bad i don't remember yeah so it's something that i remember the only reason why i remember that is because that was the first time i ever heard of vertigo outside of the movie i never i never knew what it was i didn't And they were saying he was out. I remember, as I recall, he was out for a little while. And here's, so I wanted to put this on the screen here. And he, yeah, he dealt with it for a little while. It's on their YouTube page, but I just wanted to show that the the guys in here, but yeah, he, he was off a little bit. So vertical is a thing that I, I, I don't, it just sounds terrible. So I, it was after that at bat too. He just, he, that was almost like crumpled down. And so.
1: Yeah, I mean, so they're 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 replacing Pineda with Fido, right? Mm-hmm. And they haven't made uh, the equivalent move for a Reyes or uh, Meadows.
0: Correct. So it would be yeah. Either it's going to be it could be Das Cameron, it could be Cody Clemens. Yeah, those are your choices at the moment, unless there's some mysterious thing that happens.
2: Cameron just had a four hit game or something, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. yeah, double
0: double and homer today. So. Yeah. He chose the right time to peek up. So, by the way, his dad liked uh, one of your uh, posts there, Chris. So I, I like saw it. that.
1: Yeah, I saw post. that. Well, I mean, what he liked was his son hitting a home run. We just happened <laughs> to post it. But... Yeah, yeah, that's I'll still it. that's still pretty cool. I mean, yeah, okay. We got you know yeah. people. Uh, it's it's fun to see family members and uh, former teammates and stuff see the videos and and talk to their buddies. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, just uh, do me a favor and. Just because you know, coach, doesn't mean that you'll be right about somebody. Just saying. Yeah. We, yeah. 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 Well,
1: you never you know. know. Pitching mechanics, they're just a done deal. You can't fix them.
0: Oh, yeah. No. Nothing can be changed. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Yeah. you will tell you that's all fine. But we're going to get out of here. To the minor league report recap for week six with intern Dave. And we'll be back on Thursday. Same bad time. Same bad channel. The segments will return. And it's an off day, so we'll probably, I'm sure, we'll entertain a lot. And Deadly Ninja Bees, will get to your question on Thursday. I promise so very, I the, so it was something very—I can't remember. It was—it was
1: basically like even when they win, they're cursed. Like, is there—is the Comerica built on a ancient Native American burial ground or something like that? Because you know, everybody got hurt.
0: Maybe Chief Pontiac was buried there.
1: There you
0: go. Wow! I mean, it a it skewer. The chip you you pissed off the Chippewas and. Anyways, I don't want to get into all that. But uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Go ahead to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Tiger Report. If you want to contribute, we are going to Erie on Friday. We're going to do a live show either Friday or Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure yet. but We'll, we'll be figuring it out. So we'll be on location hanging out with the Seawolves. So hopefully we should do some player interviews, Chris. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, for sure. So we have the gear. We have the technology. And uh, we're back Thursday. Have and a good will. Cool. And the will, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have the will. We'll talk to you guys Thursday. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see ya.